Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are going to talk today about germs, toddler germs. I wanted to share a couple of things that I have learned about the germy, cold, fluey, sicky season because we are in the middle of winter and those kids get sick so much. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Before we begin this episode, a heads up to everyone that the Wise Women's Council is now here. For those of you that have been waiting to hear about the Mastermind, it is now open and we are accepting applications until the middle of February. As you know, if you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, every year we gather a group of women together for nine months to learn from each other, to go deep, and to meet regularly for advice, for wisdom, and for sharing with each other around the journeys of parenting, business, and entrepreneurship. Applications are open right now, and we will close up applications in mid-February. Get your application in early to be considered on a first-come, first-served basis. We already have filled half of the spots in this community, and we're looking for the rest of the class. Don't wait until the last minute. Here are my two cents for getting applications in. Done is always better than perfect when it comes to applying. Don't worry about having a perfect application. Just get something in and go to startuppregnant.com slash WWC. That's for the Wise Women's Council. Get all the details and fill out your application. I also learn so much just by filling out application and it puts my brain into a better mindset when I am applying to different residencies or programs. Just the connections and the thoughtfulness of the questions and having to reflect can be a really useful process. So go fill it out. Do it. See what happens. And if you are one of my longtime listeners finding this podcast in the future and it's no longer February, first of all, congratulations, it's not winter anymore. And second, if you are interested in our annual mastermind program, go to startuppregnant.com, get on the email list so that I can email you when applications open up again. We also teach master classes and we have lots of mini books and goodies on our website. So get on our email list. And for those of you that want to join the mastermind this year, go over to startuppregnant.com slash WWC so that you can apply. I can't wait to see you and meet you if you are applying to join our community. Now let's get on to today's episode. Okay, so where do we begin? These little ones get really sick. And I want to start by telling you something that another parent friend told me, and that's there's just a season of about 18 months where the kids get really sick because they are building their immune systems. And if you've got little ones in daycare or out in public, then it happens earlier when they're one to two years old. And if they are at home with a nanny, they might avoid the germs, but then they get the same kind of 18 months of getting lots of colds when they head into kindergarten. I haven't met a parent that has avoided this. And it is part of the process. So if you are about to become a parent or you are a new parent, 
and you feel like there are a lot of colds and germs in your household, first and foremost, you're not alone. They do get sick a lot. It happens. And it's part of the like welcome to the world. We are adjusting. We are getting used to having an immune system and dealing with all of the bugs and germs and stuff that's out there in the world. So if you are heading into the season, you're thinking about how to prepare. The things to know are that like sleep is really important, not just for sanity and because it's really hard to get, but also being boring those first couple of years when your kids are one, two, and three years old is important also because it can help you stay healthier longer. And that is a bridge to sanity. Trying to do it all and like be the most out there on top of it, posturing, pretending like I've got it all together. I'm going to all these events. I'm able to do everything. That might not be helpful in the long term because then you just get whacked with a cold and you're down for three weeks. Also knowing that you're going into this can be helpful because you can plan ahead and say, hey, I'm going to need some sort of backup strategy for when I get sick and when my kids get sick, or I'm just going to have more sick days. There's a study, I don't have it in front of me. I remember reading it a couple years ago when I was researching for the book, and it looked at how having 10 extra sick days for new parents, it made them universally happier and more productive. So when the parents with sick kids didn't come in and then spread the germs around, everyone was net happier and more productive. But unfortunately, we have an atmosphere, an ethos of like, anti-mom bias and anti-parent bias. And it's like, oh, they have to like leave to take their kid again, or oh, they have to leave to like, there's another sick day. I wish that we lived in a culture where it's like, hey, you got sick kids, go home, stay there, come back when you're ready. Like we'll take you at 70 or 80% for a year because that's how good you are. And because we want you next year when you're 90%. And we want you the year after when you're 100%. So take those sick days, know that there's going to be more variation in your rhythm. And what our daycare does, which is so great, they're like, cold, snot, like they've got snot, everyone has snot, send them in, it's fine. Like everybody shares the cold germs that don't have a fever, but if they're vomiting or they have a fever, keep them, or they have diarrhea, like you keep them home, you don't share that one. But every kid's going to have runny, runny noses and boogers for most of the year, it feels like. So what I want you to take away from this first thing is that I, I think that we should normalize the fact that getting sick is something that happens as a child builds their immune system. And one of the things that's really interesting to me about the world of work and this addiction to hustle culture and to always on and to hyper productivity is that we have lost touch with what it means to be a human. And then we start to penalize it or even worse, just criminalize it and just say, oh, this is so bad or you're going to lose your job. There's so much risk associated with these very normal human things. So how do you deal with and how do you address hustle culture? Because that's part of the problem. The, the child getting sick is not actually the problem. The problem here is that we are addicted to work and productivity at such a high level that we that our lives are untenable with it. So how do you address this? There are a couple of ways, and I find being more neutral and taking a bigger, more strategic approach, whether you are a CEO or you are an employee, and stepping back and saying, hey, here's something that's coming down the pipe in the next three years. Just like you would in any other business case, you'd say, hey, over the next three years, we're going to have a reduced amount of X, or we're going to have a different level of this supplier, or we're going to have, we have to deal with something that's coming down the pipe. You can say, hey, 
One of the things that I know about being a new parent is that there's going to be a lot more sick days. And so one of the most useful things I could use help with is having 10 extra flex days a year so that I can take time away to be with my kid. It doesn't mean I care about the work less. It just means that for a short period of time, one to two years, I'm going to need a couple of extra flex days. And that could probably make a huge difference in bottom line productivity. Because with those flex days, I'm going to be able to nip it in the bud when my toddler gets sick, or I'm going to be able to do a little bit of work from home. And here's how it's going to go. I find that we get into more trouble when later on we're trying to avoid talking about the thing or avoid talking about what's actually going on and pretending it doesn't happen. And then people get resentful because it's like, wait, why is my colleague always not here? And if you bring it up early on and you just say, hey, one of the things that we're dealing with is childcare. My life is different now. We have to deal with this nanny and we have to be home on time. These are the things that I need. I need to leave punctually at 4.30 or 5 every day. I can put in a later shift. I work from 7 to 9 at night, but I just need that ability to get home. Otherwise, I really have a hard time. And we need a couple of extra flex days. If you are a CEO or you are a small business owner or you are leading your own team, plan ahead and design a work week where you have three days a week to work, not five. If you are creating a system where you are reliant on having five fully productive, non-impacted, never shifting days to get work done, then you are designing a system that's going to be problematic. It's not forever, but having the flex to be able to focus on only those three days and say, okay, we have very small windows right now. This is the season of life that we're in, and I need to figure out a solution. Now, if you are in a position where you absolutely need those five days, then it may be something else, right, that you have to design. You may need a resilient system of support. You may need a backup nanny. There are CEOs and leaders who have three or four nannies because they max out the capacity of having one person on duty and they have a backup babysitter and parents and in-laws and other folks or a stay-at-home husband in order to make it work. But know the season that you're going into and then plan as best you can to be resilient within that. Don't ignore the fact that this is coming, but prepare for it. It's hard. You can do it. I am literally right there with you. So how can you help to reduce the amount of colds and viruses that are coming into your house. And especially if you have a second kid. So this is something that we had to think about even more when we welcomed our second kid because having a newborn get a virus in those early days can actually be really catastrophic. It can be harmful. It can be a lot harder for them. So you do want to try the best you can to not have your little tiny baby get a cold, but then You've got a toddler that is a germ factory that wants to say hi to the baby and give them a kiss. Like, what do you do? A couple of things that our pediatrician recommended that I loved. Number one, this one was revolutionary to me. To have the toddler, when they get home from school, change their shirt. Take their germy shirt off that they've like wiped their boogers on, that their friends have sneezed on, that they have like put their, you know, mouth germs and their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and whatever on. Take the shirt off and change the shirt. We ended up keeping a basket of clothes by the front door and our toddler would take off his shoes and socks and he would change clothes when he walked in the door. We also got a huge bottle of hand sanitizer. Now, hand sanitizers, not as effective as hand washing, but there's also the the (laughs) equation of like, will my toddler do this or not? And we couldn't get him to go wash his hands when he walked in, but he loved squirting the hand sanitizer and rubbing it on his hands. And so that's what we did. But when they come back in from school, we changed their clothes and 
have him use hand sanitizer. He used to say it's so funny. He'd be like, I don't want sanitizer, sanitizer, he would say. (laughs) But that's what we did. The colds dropped remarkably when we implemented that as our family household policy. We have a giant, we have like a Costco size bottle of hand sanitizer at the in the front of our room. We take off our coats and jackets, they stay there. And then we try to keep the house a little less infected. Speaking of cleaning the house, the other thing you can do if it's cold and flu season, those Clorox bleach wipes or a little bleach on an old rag, wipe at things that your hands touch constantly. And this is pretty easy to do if you just hold something in your hand and try to walk around the house doing things normally. But fridge handles, sink knobs, door knobs, front doors, cupboard cabinets, handles and knobs, the toilet lid, anything that you touch on a regular basis once a week, go through, give it a wipe down and just be like, yo germs, get out of here. That can be really effective in keeping things at bay. Then the next thing that I learned, I learned from uh, nutritionist friends of, friends of mine, and it's about your daily vitamin D intake, especially in the winter. I started taking a supplement. You want to get your levels tested and talk to a doctor, but for the most part, and for women in particular, we tend to be vitamin D deficient. We tend to be DHA deficient. We tend to be magnesium deficient, like just nutritionally across the board. And so I take daily vitamin D and DHA in the morning. And the way that I remember to do that is I put the vitamin bottles next to my coffee. So in the morning when I make the coffee, because that habit's not going anywhere, I also take one vitamin D and two DHA because the fatty omega-3 oils from the DHA are really good for brain development. They're also, if you're breastfeeding, you can be deficient because it's so much goes out through your breast milk. And then vitamin D, samepage.com. I remember I took a vitamin D supplement every day of pregnancy and I got my levels tested and my doctor was like, wow, I've never seen anyone with such consistently good levels. And I said, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking a supplement. She's like, well, I don't think you need to take it anymore because your levels are great. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with you because I think my levels are great because I'm taking it, but I do get my levels tested and make sure that I'm taking a daily vitamin D. And in the three years that I've been doing it, I have we have had a large reduction of colds in our family. Doesn't mean we don't get sick, but we're just not constantly getting sick. Vitamin D, DHA, what was the other one I said? Oh, magnesium at night. Magnesium is also really helpful, keeps you regular, keeps my anxiety a little bit more reduced. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. These are ideas and recommendations. Check with your doctor, especially if you're taking other medications, but these tend to be over-the-counter. Vitamins and minerals, and you can get tested pretty easily, and you can talk to your doctor, you can talk to a nutritionist, and figure out whether or not these things will help. Something else that can really help but you may have less control over is your daycare and their sanitation policy. Sanitation? Sanitization? Cleanliness? We went to uh, in-home family daycare for the first year of my first kid's life, and we got a ton of colds and viruses. And then we switched daycares, and those dropped off dramatically. And the new place we went was more institutionalized. It was bigger. They had 60 kids. They have like four different classrooms. And they have this rigorous nighttime cleaning policy. I haven't seen people clean toys and vacuum and clean. Like, it just was amazing. I was like, I love this. The kids are not sick as much. So the sanitization, guys, I can't figure out this word, but the sanitary, maybe that sanitary methods of the place where your kid is can also be really important. Okay, what else for not getting sick? 
Teach your kids to cough in their elbows if you can. Don't use your hands. That's just a germ factory. Teach them how to cough into their elbow or at least turn their head to the side and go towards their shoulder. That can be super useful. We have Kleenex packs that we carry around and we even have face masks at home in case somebody has the flu because there's so many germs that go around. What else can be really useful? Sleep. Sleep and exercise. I know those things sound like... It's so hard to fit things into the day as it is. So how do you get more sleep? Well, there's a time when you can stay up late at night and do all the things. And sometimes people really push through, like there's different seasons of life. But if you can adopt the idea that this might be a more boring season of life, like maybe you don't go out to dinners for the next couple of years. For me, When my kids are under three years old, I do not accept many dinner invitations. They just, the cost to my health and well-being is so high because I get home late. It takes me a couple hours to unwind and then I fall asleep really late and then the kids don't sleep in. They don't sleep in past 6 a.m. in our house. Like 6.30 is a good day. So I don't have more time to get more sleep. It's there or it's not. So I decided pretty easily that I was going to say no to dinner invitations, and that's just not something on my agenda for right now. Now, I know that everyone works in different careers and professions, and there are people, like I just interviewed someone on Broadway, and that is their life. Night events are their life. So figuring out your sleep routine is important. And maybe that's you are not disturbed until 10 a.m. the next day, or somebody else does overnight feedings, or... My partner and I do this. We split weekends for who gets to sleep in. So we do solo parenting on the weekend and Saturdays, one of us and Sundays, the other one. Maybe you alternate who does morning routines. Something that we learned with the second kid is that it's less interesting to be both on duty in the mornings. There's not much happening. And so we try to each take more like one of the mornings for ourselves and the other person does the routine with the kids. Two parents on deck doesn't make the routine go any faster. There's still the same amount of recalcitrant toddler defiance of putting jackets and socks on. Doesn't matter if it's one or two parents, same level. And so we realized that the net benefit to our family of having just one person do the kids and the other person like basically hiding in the bedroom, drinking coffee and reading the paper or getting to work or leaving the house and going to exercise was much more effective for our family. And of course, if you do get sick, which will happen, right? Let's plan ahead for the reality. These things happen. It's totally normal. The kiddos are germ factories and they are out exploring the world and saying hello to all those bacteria and viruses and just putting them straight in their mouth. So this is a part of the life with young kids. So if you get sick, some things that are really useful, ask for help. Tell your colleagues that you need to work from home if that's something that's available to you. Neti pot, if you're not familiar with that, it's pouring salt water in your nose, which sounds bizarre, but can feel amazing. You have to figure out how to do it right so it doesn't feel like you're going underneath a swimming pool in the wrong way and getting water up your nose, but instead it feels like like hot, warm salt bath for your nose. can feel amazing. And then we have a little $25 face steamer. It's like the Vicks Vapor Rub steamer, I believe. And you put a little water in it and then you put your mouth over it. And that has been really helpful for me 
to breathe in the steam three or four times a day, my colds will go down to four or five days instead of three weeks because that dragging on of a chest cough or a chest cold can be a nightmare. Especially as you can imagine for somebody who uses their voice for a weekly show, I can get into a lot of trouble when I have a head cold. So I try mightily to avoid them if I can. If I can't, then you surrender, you sleep, your body is telling you you need to do less. Speaking of which, if you feel like you're totally overwhelmed, I have a mini book about this. It's called Streamline Your Business. I wasn't planning on plugging this right now, but because it's related, it's a system for reducing your workload and doing less. Because I think that we underestimate how much work parenting is and how much you are doing, and we don't even like acknowledge it. Like You are doing so much work in pregnancy, in adoption, in fertility treatments, in deciding whether or not you want to be a parent, in choosing to take that path, in birthing a child, in welcoming a child into your family, to learning how to feed them, to feeding them with your chest, like the sheer amount of work that you're doing, to then having a child around the clock and managing another human's schedule and being there for them and learning. The depth of what you are doing is unprecedented in terms of the learning curve. It is a magnificent amount of work. And we still have a cultural collective attitude that we are just going to keep doing everything we used to do. And we're going to keep being the person we used to be. And I feel like that sometimes gets us into trouble. And it's really hard because we're letting go of parts of our past identity. We're letting go of who we thought we were. We are letting go of some of our competence. We are trading skills. We are making trade-offs. It's really hard. And for me, being able to look at it and say, hey, when I honor and acknowledge this massive thing that I'm doing in my life, it becomes easier for me to say, oh, right, this is a season. I've chosen to do this big thing. And I'm not going to shower every day, or I'm going to back off an exercise. And instead of doing the like heaviest Olympic weightlifting program, maybe I will, you know, take up hiking for a couple of years. And then I will get back into it when the time is right. It's okay to do less. It's okay to cut things off of your plate. It's okay to prioritize sleep. And it's okay to choose to be a little boring because what you're doing is so huge. Those have been strategies that are really effective for me. If you want to read the book, it's called Streamline Your Business, and you can also use it to streamline your life. But it's about looking at all the different categories of work that you do and then reducing the scope of them by picking what you're not going to do, by saying, hey, these things are going to wait. It's not forever, but it's just for right now. I'm going to focus on a couple of things and keep my energy here rather than trying to do all the things and completely for lack of a better word, lose my, you know what. So that's it. I wish you all the best of luck with toddler flu, germ, and six seasons. The winter can be brutal. If you have a chance to not travel and stay home, I don't think anyone's ever regretted getting more sleep. So enjoy getting sleep if and when you can. Ask for help if and when you can. Take your vitamins, change your toddler's shirt, and neti pots and steamers. Those are my tips. I will see you on the next episode. And that's it. That is a wrap, everyone. If you are interested in finding out more about the Wise Women's Council for next year, please go to startuppregnant.com slash WWC. That stands for Wise Women's Council. We'll have the link in the show notes and you can also find it in the main menu on our website. The Wise Women's Council next year will have three different tiers. So you can access the community at three different in three different ways. 
The first way you can join the community for the social space and for the monthly calls. The second way you can join a small group coaching program to go deeper with a group of six to eight women. And the third way you can work one-on-one directly with me and we will have one-on-one private calls to really unpack and unlock big moves in your life or in your business. So check it out. There's three different access points next year. We haven't ever offered this it this way before. So we're really thrilled to see what y'all think. Go check out startuppregnant.com slash WWC for the Wise Women's Council and do apply by January 20th for early bird pricing. The prices will go up if your application is not in by the 20th. I hope to see many, many of you applying and here is to an amazing 2020. Hey everyone, just a heads up and a reminder, if you want to listen to our long form Ask Me Anything sessions, they are 30, 45, and sometimes 60 minutes in length, and they we go deep into questions that people have. If you want me to look at your business, you want me to comment on your marketing plan, or you have a question about parenting, pregnancy, or anything in between, we are taking listener questions, and I answer them in a monthly Ask Me Anything fireside chat. It's available only to our Patreon supporters. So if you back us at the $7 a month level, you get access to this private podcast. You can get access to all of the past episodes, which is pretty cool. So if you're missing the podcast while we're on our hiatus and you want to take a listen in to these Ask Me Anything episodes, go over to Patreon and become a monthly backer at the $7 per month level and you'll get access to all of the future episodes, as well as all of the past episodes. Keep in mind that you are also supporting the work of Startup Pregnant and our growth in these early days, and that matters a ton. Every dollar helps and counts, and we appreciate so much and are grateful for your support. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you right there. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Did I spell that right? Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you there. The link will be right here in the show notes. You can go straight there. $7 a month and you get access to this entirely exclusive Patreon-only podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.